and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. So if you don't know our story, this is our inaugural Sunday as Garden Church. And uh, whether it's your first time to church or first time this church, I want to say welcome. I think that's been echoed right away through the service already. But just from me, my name is Jono, pastor of Garden Church. I nearly said it. And oh, yeah, come on. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And um, I'm just warning you now. (laughs) And uh, I welcome you to Garden Church. It's our first Sunday as Garden Church. And uh, that is really special. And I'll dive into that in a little minute, what it means for us, what it means for you, I really believe. But a little bit of our story, our backstory is for the last 12 years, we've been at Tweed Coast Church for the last 12 years. Uh, We began in our lounge room 12 years ago and God continued to bring increase in the favour of God and people coming to know Jesus, people being connected to faith. And here we are 12 years later and we're launching a new era of us as a community of faith. And it's very significant uh, what God is doing because what he does in this house, I'm praying also he does in your house. And where the house of God goes, that's where your house goes. So I'm believing for just a new season, a new chapter in your world and in your life in Jesus' name. So, so here we are garden. And if you're a little bit, do I have actually a garden slide up there? Yeah, thank you. Um, and some of you are kicking back already and say, these guys need to learn how to spell because they just don't, there's an E in garden. Well, garden, G-A-R-D-N, is actually Hebrew for garden, funny enough. <laughs> and if you don't know why Hebrew, well, the first portion of our scriptures, our sacred text was written in Hebrew. And um, if you actually look into it, all the scriptures point back to the garden. (laughs) And so it's all actually all about the garden. You say, what are you talking about, Jono? Well, right back in in the initial pages of this sacred text, the Bible, it speaks about the garden. And it speaks about... Uh, the, the formation of the world through the hands and the voice of God. And it also speaks about how mankind and humanity, the origins of humanity speaks in the Bible and in initial chapters and books of the Bible in Genesis. But it shows something significant. And after God had created the world and the cosmos, he created humanity. He saved the best to last. Come on, somebody. And he created humanity, but do you know what? He didn't place them in a wilderness. (laughs) He placed them. You got it. (laughs) You know this already. You've been reading my notes. He placed them in a garden. And it was not any garden. It was a flourishing, fertile, fruitful garden. Even the name was the Garden of Eden. Now, this is just going to blow your mind because you may not know what Eden means, but Eden means joy. (laughs) So he is the creator. He's created the cosmos. He's created the special garden and he's called it joy. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to place humanity in joy. 
straight from the start. Wouldn't that be great just to be a church that is full of joy? I mean, some of you look at me like you've been sucking green persimmons this morning. That's okay, but wouldn't it be great? Let's just go, let our imagination go wild that we were a community of faith that actually loved our Saviour, actually loved each other and loved life. Although we go through all different testings and valleys, but we actually got a smile. We actually got a smile that was deeper than our face and it was right down here. It was the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Wouldn't that be significant for the world today that we were the garden of joy? Come on, somebody, please help me out for a moment. Oh, I'm telling you, we will stand out. (laughs) You'll stand out. You know, it's significant in, in the garden because we see the intention of humanity in the garden, why God created humanity. We see right there in the beginning. We see why God created humanity and the privilege of how God created humanity. First of all, this is going to blow your mind, but God created humanity for this personal, intimate friendship and relationship with God. The same God that days before was breathing on the cosmos, was speaking into the cosmos and calling stars by name, was now wanting and desiring a relationship with the pinnacle of his creation, which was humanity himself. I just don't mean like a distant deity that's somewhere out there in in the cosmos. No, this God, the God that you've worshipped this morning, is the same God that right back in the beginning, we see part of his original intention was to be close with humanity. In fact, he did this. He walked in the garden. Imagine that, a deity that's not just somewhere out far away in the sky, commanding commandments, but walking and talking with humanity. Whoa, can somebody say, whoa? I mean, that's just mind-blowing right there. And so we see all this original intent in the garden. We see other facets of God's original intent, that there was this beautiful connection, not only with God, but to one another that there was a love between humanity that was pure, that was holy one to another, that was unbroken, unbridled. And so we see this right back in the garden. But I love this, that even in the garden, amongst all things, we see humanity's intention to have a God purpose. Right there in the garden, God gave humans a purpose and a mission. Oh man, that's good news for us today that we're just not filling in a number, that we're just not paying off a mortgage, that our life has a dimension that God has called us to that is far beyond just plugging in at school, just plugging into work and clicking out again and waiting for retirement to come so you can be a grain nomad and go right around the East Coast of Australia. No, you have a God-given purpose. Isn't that wonderful? So we see this right back in the garden. You say, well, Jono, that's so much different from reality, the reality of the world. I mean, I'm flicking on the news this week and the world's in chaos. Well, that's what happened right back in the the garden. It didn't start with Putin. It started with the fall of humanity right back in, in the garden. And ever since the break, the fall from grace, if you like, in terms of the fall from grace began right there, in the garden, so God's original intent was broken. The original intent of relationship with God, of, of unbroken, beautiful communion one to another, and also purpose with God and God's purpose was broken right there in the garden. 
But the scriptures from cover to cover actually speak about God's original intent being restored, taking us back to the garden, you see. Taking us back to the garden. And we'll come back to that in just a few moments. I'm only going to speak for another three or four minutes. So relax, it's all right. And so here we are on the edge of our name being changed, Garden Church. And I think people's names are really fascinating, don't you? I think people's names are fascinating. As a pastor, I see a lot of names. Um, I remember at school, one of my friend's names was Jürgen Munchenberger. And that always made us laugh as 14-year-old boys. It's like, hey, this guy is like a cheeseburger. Yeah, Munchenberger. And yeah, that was just cool. He was a steam. I remember some missionary friends of mine, when I first met them, they introduced their three daughters. And once again, it's all respectful, but I just had to bite the side of my mouth when I met the three daughters because these are my three daughters, Faith, Hope and Sharon. (laughs) You know, I expected love, uh, chastity, whatever. Just ran out of spirituality. Ah, Shaz. We will call her Shaz. And, uh, but God bless her, lovely, lovely lady. And so that, uh, in fact, I've got four kids of my own, if you did not know. And um, I remember when we had three kids, talk, talking about, thinking about names. One of my friends was also, had three kids, about to have four kids. And he had three boys. And he was really hoping um, that he'd have a girl. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? The first thing I think of when we have our fourth child, that, that's what I'm going to name our, our child. And anyway, so they had a girl. First thing he thought of was hallelujah. And so he called their fourth child, because it was a girl, Hallie, right? I thought that's a great idea. So I named my fourth child vasectomy. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Sometimes we refer to him as snippy, um, just for short. Little Vassy, go little Vassy. <laughs> you know, names are important, particularly in the scriptures. Maybe not so important now, but in the scriptures, they were really important. In the scriptures, we see that God changed people's names. Uh, we see this in scriptures. We see a, a, a man named Abram. God changed his name to Abraham. His name was Exalted Father. God changed his name to Father of Many Nations. His wife, Sarai, who was meaning princess, God changed her name to My Princess. (laughs) So significant. And then in the New Testament, we also see a man named Simon, who is to be one of God's, Jesus' greatest followers. You see, the New Testament is really the story of Jesus and what he did. He changed a man's name, who was Simon, into Peter. Simon meaning weak read, God changed it. You know, I'm going to call you Peter the Rock. <laughs> Isn't that good? And so he just went around to all his friends saying, you know, can you smell what the Rock is cooking? This is for somebody out there, but that's all good. The name change, though, was deeper than a name. It was a recalibration of who they were. It was a recalibration of their identity recalibration of their destiny, you see. Can I be this bold to say over each one of us today, on this day that we step into a new name, that God wants to change your name. 
<laughs> he wants to change your name. I'm not meaning literally like for Jesus to walk you down to depot or the office of births, deaths, and marriages. And hey, I've got a follower that wants to change his name. You, if you want to do that, go right ahead. But he wants to change something in your world. While we're here on this first day of garden on a name change, I want to speak to each one of us this morning and remind us that he still changes names. He still changes names. You see, a name changed for us speaks of a new beginning. It speaks of new hopes. It speaks of a new mission. In fact, another person in the New Testament whose name was changed was a man named Saul. Now, this is significant because I'm going to read one of his scriptures that he wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in just a moment. But Saul was a Christian killer. This is significant. He, he, he went about persecuting Christians. He had them hunted down and even um, martyred for their faith in Jesus. I mean, it's pretty hardcore living for Jesus. If you want to live on the edge, just live for Jesus, I'm telling you. And so here is Saul. He's on his way to do this, to persecute Christians. He has an encounter with Jesus that transforms his whole life and his whole existence. You see, an encounter with Jesus will always change your life. You can't stay the same when you really meet Jesus, I'm telling you. And later on, his name was changed to Paul. God so changed his name and his persona, his identity and his destiny that Paul, who was a Christian killer, became a pillar of the Christian faith and wrote two thirds of the New Testament. You see, God, you can say, you know, I'm too far away from God to have him do anything in my life. No, you're not, friend. I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, there's nobody too far away from God. There's nobody that's too unspiritual for God to reach even deeper. In fact, God is really good at dark situations. He's really good at the pit. He's really good at the bottom of situations that he can't reach even deeper with his love, his mercy and his grace. But I love this scripture that the Apostle Paul spoke once again through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? And you're going to get this because this, this scripture speaks about new beginnings for all of us, all of us this morning. Here's the scripture from 2 Corinthians 5.17. Watch this, therefore, watch these words real carefully. Therefore, if anyone, can everybody say anyone? <laughs> you know what, that includes you. If anyone is in Christ, not, uh, not if anyone goes to church, or anyone is brought up in a Christian home. No, if anyone is in Christ, watch this language. The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. I mean, you'll look at me and say, yeah, I've heard that scripture before if you're around church or whatever. But you understand the people that were hearing this for the first time and maybe Jewish believers that were hearing this scripture for the first time, maybe reading it for the first time, their minds were just getting blown because here is Paul and he's using garden language. They had read the stories. They'd heard their mama, their grandmama talking about the original intent of creation and about how at the first creation, God showed humanity His intention for them to be close with them, to be in a loving relationship one another, one to another and to live a God-given purpose. And so here's the Apostle Paul saying, now, you know what? If you're in Christ Jesus, He's taking you back to the garden. <laughs> 
He's taking you back to the garden. He's Keep that scripture up, please. That he is a new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. He's not just saying, you know, it's a, it's a little bit new or you just got an add-on. No, all of it is gone. All of it is gone. And the new has come. You are a new creation. So these new, these Jewish people that were hearing this, their minds were blown. I heard about the original creation. Now you're saying that what God does in me is a creative work that Jesus takes me back to the garden. That's why I've got to say to you that this is more than just about a church. This is about Jesus. Uh, that I could say to you, come to the garden, you would think, you know, well, come to the church. No, I'm saying come to the garden, come to Jesus' purpose in your life, you see. We go to the garden not through just self-effort or a positive mannerism or positive thinking. But I want this scripture again here just to echo in your heart. Romans 5, 18. I want Jesse and the band to come. This is speaking about the message, the work of Jesus. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, that was Adam. Another person did it right and got us out of it. That was Jesus. Come on, somebody. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. But one man, Jesus, said yes to God and put many in the right. See, in every way, (laughs) metaphorically, Jesus takes us back to the garden. That's why the Scriptures are all pointing back to the garden. That's why Jesus, that's why this church is pointing back to the garden, that God is taking us back. He's taking us to a new place of understanding that through the work of Jesus, we can live our lives with our intended purpose. So this is what we're going to do. In just a moment, I'm going to pray over every single person in this place today. Every single person it's hearing my voice today, maybe even later online or wherever. Friend, I'm going to pray for new beginnings over you. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, you know what, I've been following Jesus for some time and I committed my life to Jesus. Friend, I'm going to be praying for you that God just ignites something in your spirit. That God just ignites something in your spirit to the intended purpose that you're on this earth. Today, even the fact that you're here and there's breath in your lungs says to me that God hasn't finished with you. The Bible says that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's not finished with you, friend. He's got more for you. He's got more anointing for you. He's got more grace for you. He's got more things for you to accomplish in His Name. There's more love coming into you and through you in Jesus' Name. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, you know what? I once had a really warm personal relationship with Jesus, but I stepped away. Maybe I decided out of my own will or maybe I just drifted away, but one way or another, you just know that it's not burning in your heart. Only you and God really know this, by the way. Maybe this is not burning in your heart today. I'm praying a new beginning in your world that you'll just come alive to Him again 
in new dimensions, in new ways, in new ways in your world. You just burn with a holy fire for Jesus. Maybe today you're new to this thing called church. It's your, maybe your first time to church or you don't come much, much at all. I'm so glad you're here. We've been waiting for you. Today as you're warming into Jesus, I'm praying that there be a real warmth as you recognise that Jesus, that God is smiling at you. And He's smiling at you because of Jesus. Now you just need to receive. And so I'm praying for you right now that there'd be just a new open door in your life saying yes to our wonderful Saviour, Jesus. But one way or another, I'm praying over each one of us today that we step into the garden. <laughs> we step into the God purpose. We step into renewed relationships. I just wanna stop for a moment because some of you have had names spoken over you. Some of you had names spoken over you over from people that should have known better. You've had words that have described you and described your destiny and, and you're holding on to those. And I'm here to tell you, don't let them hold you back from all that God has for you. Maybe it's your condition that you've walked through and then names that have been spoken over you. In the Name of Jesus today, step into a new name. Step into a new destiny in Jesus. Maybe it's a name of divorce or depressed or uh, battler or whatever it is that's been spoken over your, your life. I declare in the Name of Jesus that you are loved that you're chosen, that you're forgiven. Today is a new day for you. It's a new beginning. It's a new hour for you to step into in Jesus' Name. So everybody in this place, if you can, jump to your feet, put your hands on your heart right now as a symbol of just your heart being open to God. And I just wanna pray for you. Everybody with their hands on their hearts. Heavenly Father, today, here we are. Thank you for Jesus. Oh, we're so thankful for Jesus that the work of Jesus takes us to a place that Adam lost for us. The work of Jesus takes us to a place of sweet connection with You and open relationships between one another that can be restored and we can find true meaning and community one to another again. And ultimately we can find our purpose in you. So Heavenly Father, right now, you know everybody's situation. They're so diverse. We're praying, Lord God, for a new beginning, a new season, a new hope, Lord God, a new chapter in people's lives. Lord God, we pray for new dreams to be deposited. We pray, Lord God, for the new touch of heaven upon people's hearts and lives today. We pray for new hopes to come alive. Lord God, we pray for new hopes to come alive in people's hearts today, where they've put down their dreams, put down their hopes, put down the opportunity to live free. Lord God, I pray in the Name of Jesus that there be a fresh boldness to pick it up, a fresh boldness to pick it up and say, I'm gonna live free. I'm gonna live with Jesus. I'm gonna live for Him with all of my heart. And I declare that over every single person today in the mighty Name of Jesus. From the front to the back, I want us to give Jesus a hand clap of praise today. Come on church, give Him a hand clap of praise today. I think He deserves better than that, come on. <laughs> That's so good.
Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N church. Thank you.